Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Rochelle Grow, and I'm the host of Allergic to Small Talk. I'm an expat living in the UK. I own two businesses, have my executive MBA from Pepperdine University, and I come riding dirty, having fallen from the polished corporate world. Allergic to Small Talk is a show about how to grow your small business through networking, plus the tools and resources needed to develop your foundation as a business owner. If you're allergic to small talk, get ready for big conversations that are delivered to you in bite-sized chunks that you can implement right away to transform the way you view, operate, and grow your business. This is Allergic to Small Talk by Cut Class. As a small business owner, does your skin crawl when it comes to selling? You know, when you're speaking to a potential new client about your products or services, your heart might be racing and, oh boy, your mind might be ticking over a million thoughts a minute. And before you know it, poof, the opportunity is gone. Sales can feel super uncomfortable. However, it is at the forefront of being a small business owner, and this is your reminder that it doesn't have to feel icky when you're in the process of selling. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to Allergic to Small Talk. You can catch me here every week, or you can say what's up to me on Insta at It's Row Grow. All right, let's dive in. This episode is going to be part motivational, and secondly, it's going to get you to focus on things that might make you a little uncomfortable in your business like sales. And today, I have a super awesome guest for you. His name is Kurt Tufert. He's a professor at the University of Houston where he teaches sales and business communication. But what's super cool about Kurt is that he's not all theory. He's actually on the court and playing full out with sales in his role as the vice president of sales development for a large industrial distributor, DXP Enterprises. He's developed the sales training tools for over 200-plus outside sales professionals, 230 inside sales, and 30-plus sales managers. Kurt also travels throughout the U.S. and Canada teaching sales, negotiation, customer service, and presentation skills for clients like PricewaterhouseCooper and HP. On top of all of that, he's an author of Five Stones for Slaying Giants, which will be the focus of our show today. I hope you're ready to meet this rock star. Kurt, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Rochelle, very much. And uh, I look forward to working with small businesses on the show as your listeners are leaning in and getting a little bit icky as it relates to sales. Excellent. I gave you a little bit of an intro, but I always love my guests to tell us in their own words. Like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, I started in sales after graduating college a long time ago with a degree in computer science. And I was moving from computer science programming to training. And as I was doing the training, people said, you know, you're much better fit as a trainer than you are as a computer programmer because you're an extrovert and you're just annoying everybody here in the lab because you're always talking. So that moved me into a sales career and from there into a professional speaking career. And now for 17 years, just working with some very interesting salespeople. I'm here in Houston, Texas. And if your listeners know anything about Texas, they're opinionated. They're smarter than everybody, so they think. And it's almost impossible to help them in their sales career because they're smarter than anybody. So it's been very challenging. And I have actually 
learned so much by being in the field and making sure my theory isn't just theory. Love that. That's excellent. I think I'm going to have to lump myself in because I was born in Texas, Kurt. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I was born in Uvalde, Texas, which is a really small town. I was born there, so you might have to just lump me in with the rest of those people. (laughs) That's right. There you are. You're crossing the pond and just being an entrepreneur. So that's part of the Texas culture. (laughs) So I like to have people on my show that push me to grow and make me uncomfortable. And I think for me personally, I'm a super confident person as an individual. I'm confident in my skill set. But when it comes to sales, you know, sometimes I can play small and I'm the first to admit it. And not all the time, but just sometimes I know when I'm playing small and I don't like it. And I know this same feeling is something that my audience resonates with as well. As many of you know, our team at Cut Class is passionate about helping people transition from their nine to five to building a business that they love. Why? Well, I'm glad you asked. I remember climbing the corporate ladder, getting my executive MBA, and making great money and driving a fancy car. But at the end of the day, I was frustrated and miserable because I was doing everything that I thought I was supposed to be doing to hit success. It wasn't until I completely unplugged from what the world always told me would make me happy that I was able to find my genius zone and turn it into a business. I now have the freedom around time and finances that I've always wanted. So if you're in a similar situation where you're in a nine to five that's frustrating and unfulfilling and you're thinking about starting a business so you can control your time and finances, then let's hop on a call and let's talk about creating your new future. A link to book a call will be in the show notes. So my first question for you is, we know that sales is essential in any business, but why is it that people can be so darn confident in so many areas of their life and their business, but when it comes to selling, why do some of us play small and fall short? It's a great question, Rochelle. A lot of it has to do with confidence. There's a great cliche, confidence with it, you're invincible. Without it, you're invisible. And as a small business owner, we love what we created. Maybe we're repping a product or we created a system. It's software or hardware, or maybe we have this wonderful service and we're really good at that. Talking to people about selling that, man, that is a chasm I am not willing to cross. And so it's easier for me to play small than for me to get out of that comfort zone. And what I share with small business owners is baby steps. Start small and have those essential conversations that allow you to get a little bit bigger. There's another cliche that I just keep piling them on here. Before you can be great, you've got to be good. Mm. Before you got to be good, you have to be bad. Before you can be bad, you have to start something new. So, So many small business listeners here on your podcast, they haven't even gotten to the bad stage yet because they haven't had a chance to start. Start those conversations, get into that networking groove, fail your way out of it because once you're bad, then you can get to good. And before you get to great, you got to get through that good. Not everybody's going to be the next Tony Robbins with pithy comments 
and larger than life atmosphere. We're all going to stumble. And you know, here's the thing. People forgive. They're not expecting us in our small business world to be that suede shoe, pinky ring, plaid jacket. <laughs> hey, Rochelle, what's it going to take to get you into my carpet cleaning business today? <laughs> they want to just see effort and empathy. And I think that's what's lacking today. I love that. Yeah, I think that's so true. I mean, it is interesting to think about you got to at least try to be bad at it first. You can't just write yourself off of it if you're not even tossing your hat in the ring. And your image of playing small, it just resonates so much for me because in the space that we play in, we have that choice. You can either play small or you can play big. And if you choose to play small, it's comforting. It's comfortable. And yet you won't grow. You won't stretch. Whether it is trying to get a new client or a new member to your service or just retaining the one you have with a thank you note or a card or just a gesture that would keep them. Love it. Thank you, Kurt. That's awesome. Cool. So Kurt, I am digging your book. I think it's so cool. Five Stones for Slaying Giants. Can you just give us an overview of the book and what was the purpose in writing that book? That's a great question. You know, when I was a professional speaker before I joined DXP, Back then, it was a publisher parish mentality. And mm. my partner, Jim Jacobus, he and I would compete on every level for everything. He was the seasoned speaker. I was the Padawan. And I knew I needed to write a book in order to compete. And I loved the David and Goliath story. And I wanted to research and find what I felt was a connector between business people, academic excellence, and the sports metaphors mm. and the five stones I accumulated were passion, excellence, vision, value, and confidence. And I took those five stones and I wove them through the David and Goliath story. And I created a book that could be read on a very short commuter flight or even a short commuter train stop. And you could apply it toward customer service, sales, and leadership. And it was a publisher parish situation. And yet it has been a gift where I have had a chance to share that in keynotes, to small business forums, to struggling sales reps. And I just tease out all five of those stones in a way that makes it easy to take that tool and apply it as soon as we're done talking. I love it. And now you're sharing it on podcasts. The best podcast ever. <laughs> and let me just kind of touch on those five stones, if yes. you will. It's, it's almost like if they're smooth stones, like you're skimming them across a very quiet, gentle pond. The first stone is passion. Whether we're a small business owner or a discoverer of a service or a product, we've got to be passionate about what we have. Nobody wants to hang around people in a networking event that don't have passion. But, you know, Zig Ziglar, who's an American motivational speaker who passed many years ago, said, if you have an idiot and you motivate them, you have a motivated idiot. And while I start with passion, you know, and it's great. I catch on fire with enthusiasm and people will come from miles around to watch you burn. Passion is so wonderful. However, if you don't have the second stone, which is excellence, then you're wobbly. You're not balanced. The excellence factor is what you do. 
You know, Martin Luther King said, do your job so well that the living, the dead, and the not yet born could do it no better. And here we are in our small business competing against the likes of the giants of the world out there. We could be passionate, yes, but we've got to offer a service that's A+, top shelf. So passion and excellence, they go hand in hand. The third stone is vision. And I use the ancient script, without vision, the people perish. I always ask people, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be? Do you want to be the next Amazon? Do you want to be the next Virgin Atlantic airline? What do you want to be? And that vision has to be cast not only for the small business that you run, but for the customers and the clients and the members that you serve. How can you be part of their vision casting using your product or service? So you've got passion, excellence, vision. Four stone is value. What is the value that you bring to the market? When I kick off my sales training, I always say that we all sell only two things, trust and value. And value is in the eyes of the person who is hearing us. Yes, I think I have a valuable product or service. I think it's wonderful. But if they don't, if they're not exchanging that value proposition, if they don't see it as your product or service solves a problem I can't solve right now, then there's no value. So this value that you have is crucial and it starts with who you are. Are you the best version of you you can be? For a wife, for a mother, for a friend, for a business owner, for an entrepreneur, are you the best you can be at that? Is that the value that you add? And then the last stone is confidence. And again, if you don't have passion, excellence, vision, or value, you ain't got no confidence. And usually when I talk to the Eeyores of the world, the, the entrepreneurs, the small business owners who lost their tail, it's because they lack their confidence because they tried to do a sales call. And somebody says, if you call me one more time, I'm going to rip your arm off and beat you over the head with it. Well, that's enough for them to be dejected. Well, a crazy networker or a B like on your assessment, <laughs> I would come back and go, um, are you sure you would beat me over the head with it? Or I would, I would just use the uh, phenomenal sales motivator, Taylor Swift, and I would shake it off, <laughs> shake it off. And sometimes I have to do that in my own business because not every day is a motivational day where it's puppy dogs and unicorns. It's a slog. It's a word that I picked up in January, I'm grinding. I have to grind this out. It's not a fun day, but I understand that that's the price that I paid to be in this business. And if I get better days than not so good days, and if I string those along with my confidence, then it works. Then it works. And that's all I want to leave with the listeners here is you're going to have bad days. You're going to have great days. And somewhere in that bad day and that great day, you pick up a little bit of passion. You blend in a little bit of excellence. You weave in a little bit of value. You cast that vision for what you're doing and the confidence comes back. I love that. That's so cool. I'd love to dive into the value part because oftentimes we don't know what value means. Brilliant, brilliant question. I build what I call a value proposition. Hmm. And I build it around three things. 
and you can craft this on a cocktail napkin. <laughs> Issue, action, and impact. What's the issue you're trying to solve? What are the actions you're taking to solve that issue? And what is the impact of the actions on that issue? What's your problem? How are you going to fix it? And why should you care? And the crux here, the key, is not so much the identification of the issue. It's not so much the actions you'll take. It's the impact. What is it that you do that lifts them up by the lapels, that differentiates you from everyone else? Is it a me too? Oh, I've got this great service. Me too. Oh, I've got this wonderful product. Me too. If you get whittled down into a commodity, Mm. it's going to be really difficult. And so I ask in that value proposition, when I get with small business, people, I think, you know, just what is it that you're trying to solve? What's the problem that you're trying to solve? What are the actions you're taking to solve that problem? Are those actions unique? Are they a game changer? Is it a price point? What is it? What is your hammer? What is your differentiator in your business? Is it family owned? Is it secret recipe? Is it We make it easy to do business easier than anyone else. I mean, something as subtle as, you know, Amazon as this big giant monster out there. (laughs) Part of their value proposition is it's just too darn easy to do business with them. I mean, I talked to my kids who are in their thirties and they wouldn't even consider shopping, (laughs) going to a store because everything's on Amazon and everything's delivered to their doorstep. And I'm thinking... I am so old. I am pre-internet. And so I get in my car and waste two hours to go drive somewhere. And they go, dad, that's the point. You just wasted two hours. Well, wow. So I love challenging small business people, not small business people as in small in stature, but people who have small businesses. Hey, what is your value proposition? What is your differentiator? What is your hammer? We all are trying to solve problems. How are you solving problems differently? And is that difference enough that they who hear you say, oh my gosh, I need your product or service. I've never thought of it that way before. When you can capture that, you've got lightning in a bottle and selling is not so difficult. Excellent. Thank you so much, Kurt. I really love that. I think it really gives me a lot of, A, gives me a lot of motivation. And I know my listeners are going to get some motivation from this as well. But it also gives me a lot of clarity as well on value and how to definitely look at that and search and gives me a, a roadmap on how to actually look for that hammer. When people are doing this value exercise, how much time do you think somebody should really dedicate to really focusing and honing in on that value portion of their sales process? I think it's a critical success factor, as well as everything you do in your production, in your budgeting, in your time management, in your money management, that's all critical. As it relates to sales, as it relates to the articulation of what you do and how you do it, I think you have to spend an inordinate amount of time crafting not so much the issue or the action, the impact. Why? For instance, take your podcast. There's a billion podcasts out there. 
However, you have identified what the issue is. You've identified the niche. You've identified all of that. That's great. Issue action. The action is that you're bringing in guests that can say things. Fine. So does a million other podcasts. But no one has Rochelle. No one has your experience. No one has your talent. No one has your ability to vet your guests. And so when you think about the issue, action, impact, the impact you have is that you're building a tribe, a tribe of loyal listeners who hunger for what you have because you bring so much value each and every time you put a guest on your podcast. That causes that tribe to grow. And you'll know that's where I'm getting traction in any small business. It doesn't matter what it is. It's how are you getting that traction? What is your differentiator? And yes, spend enough time and have an accountability group. Have a group of men and women who you trust in your business and outside of your business who can speak truth into your value proposition, who can challenge the issue action impact, to challenge the impact. Well, you know, I do this differently. No, you don't. You're just like everybody else. Well, it's not about hurting your feelings. It's about challenging you to go beyond this impact and make sure that it is so powerful that it addresses the problem in a way no one else does. Love that. Thank you so much, Kurt. I really appreciate that. I'm definitely learning a lot of nuggets. I know my audiences as well. And I just want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, dropping some knowledge about sales, connecting that to the five stones for slaying giants. Is there any other gems that you'd like to share with the audience before you go? Well, you know, the best gem that I could share is the same thing that I practice. I have a band of men that hold me accountable in my business. When I was a speaker and even today as a VP of sales development, I meet with a group of men on Monday mornings who hold me accountable because you can't do this alone. It doesn't matter where you are on this planet, where you're listening from, whether it's Texas, Tennessee, or England or Germany, it doesn't matter. You've got to have a group of people who can hold you accountable. Otherwise, you're going to be out there all alone on an island with your thoughts. And those ugly, <laughs> terrible thoughts are going to creep in and they're going to pull you down. And it's your band of brothers or sisters who are going to lift you up and keep you sharp. So you guys, make sure you're finding those accountability pods. If it's a mastermind, if it's a friend that you text every morning, make sure you're finding that tribe of people around you that can support you as you're going on this journey into the business world because it can be lonely sometimes. <laughs> All right, Kurt, if people want to work with you, if they want to know more about you, where can they find you? You can get me on LinkedIn, you know, T-U-E-F-F-E-R-T. -E That's easy to get. I know you'll have all this in the show notes at the end. My email will be out there for everyone. And I'm just, I'm a networker. I'm a giver. And so I would love to help anyone anywhere on the planet. And then we can talk privately when you connect with me about how we might be able to help each other. I love it. Well, thank you again, Kurt. I sincerely appreciate it. And I know the audience is going to love it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Allergic to Small Talk is a production of Cut Class, a place where you can access me, Rochelle Grow, and Leslie Levito. We teach the world how to start and grow businesses without a formal classroom. Executively produced by me, Rochelle Grow, and Cut Class. Creative direction by Sho Kazanjian. 
audio editor and producer Tom McGeoch, and music is by Fami Kaira. If you'd like to access more free resources, check out our sister podcast, Out to Launch, hosted by Cut Classes co-founder Leslie Levito. She teaches people how to ditch their nine to five to start their own business. See ya.